Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hey there, welcome to ATL on 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Uh, my name is Kevin Chenard. Uh, today, uh, recording after the Pelicans game, and I'm here with friend of the podcast, David Park. Welcome, David. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. We went through the standard introduction. You're supposed to say it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be there here. There you man. go. See, now yeah. you're really being a podcast guest at this point. That's what we appreciate. Yeah, it's an honor. Ooh. <laughs> uh, any initial thoughts after the uh, Hawks win over the Pelicans today? Oh, man, it's just nice to get a win after losing the last three. It's nice to break the streak there. Yeah, at, at some point, like the, the losses, not that anybody would suggest that the Hawks should you know, lose intentionally, but they, they weren't the most disappointing of losses because – you know, in recent weeks, Trey Young has played well. John Collins has played well. So when they're losing games by two and three points, and you see the young core doing well, yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. But you know, I think at some point you get tired of moral victories. You know, you wanna you wanna get the W, and this was well earned. You know, yeah, and it's good for the young players to not get discouraged. And the other thing is, as we'll get to in a minute, is you know Kevin Herter hasn't had the greatest week, and then today he looked, you know, pretty darn magnificent. Yeah, they were talking about, you know, he had been in a slump since the All-Star game and, uh, you know, or since All-Star weekend when he's shooting like less than 30% or what was it, like 12 for for 35 or something Something like that. that. And he was one for eight last night, but he was getting busters. Yeah, so it was really nice. All right, so maybe off the top here, we'll we'll kick off the three stars. Uh, I typically go in reverse order from three to one, so I'm going to start with Kent Bazemore. there, there were a lot of options for the Hawks tonight because it really was sort of a, an effort that came from a lot of uh, strong performances. Uh, I would say that in recent weeks the the bench has been the disappointment. When you mention those close losses and and you know players like Trey Young and and John Collins playing well, they were getting let down in a lot of cases. I think by the bench. Right. Uh, right. Today, Dwayne Dedman. Because he was on a minutes restriction, he's typically a starter. He came off the bench and he kind of infused some energy into what was a lackluster start. The first quarter it was kind of this, almost like a hangover from from yesterday's game. And uh, when he right. came in, he gave the team sort of an instant spark. He was he was playing some pretty intense defense on Anthony Davis and anybody else that he was guarding. And overall, just. A lot of players on the bench, Deadman, DeAndre Bembry, and Kent Bazemore. And I'm going to go with, with Bazemore as a third star here. He made five out of ten shots, seven rebounds, five assists, 
good defense. He was racking up the loose balls. And, you know, as part of the bench that had struggled over the few weeks, there was a, a lull there. Not so much in the last couple of games, but the, the handful of games before that where Bazemore struggled. And it looks like he's fully out of that now. Yeah, he looked good. He was moving well around the court. You know, yeah, active, um, scored some crucial points, and just, yeah, brought, brought, brought some really good energy to the game. All right. So uh, for the second star, uh, John Collins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, 19 and 10? Right. Another double-double. The, the stats on the double-doubles are starting to rack up. Hawks PR wants everybody to know that he leads – the 2017 draft class with 27 double doubles. Uh, yeah, his third in a row. You know, he he kind of says from time to time, you know, when you when you're forced to talk to people over and over again twice a day, you know, <laughs> an extra time on game day, sometimes you say the same things. And you know, one thing he said a couple of times this season, I think, is you know, he should fall. I'll insert my own adjective here. He should fall ass backwards into seven rebounds. It's just a matter of getting a few more than that. Yeah, well, and 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 the highlight reel. I mean, the the, the alley oop that he had in the fourth quarter. Woo, it was yeah. nice. Yeah, Kevin Herter was asked about that that play after the game, and and here's what he said. But John, uh, you know, he made a great play on the other end. You know, came over and he blocked a shot. And I remember when I got the rebound, I was already thinking of you know, how I was going to try to get him a touch on this end. And so, came off a double ball screen, and you know, the two guys just had me. He was wide open. And, there was somewhere around the backboard. He <laughs> and he went and that came off. <laughs> he went and made a play. Uh, so, uh, John Collins going with his favorite nickname for, for Kevin Herter. Uh, he appreciated the alley-oop pass that Kevin threw him and uh, went with Kayvon, right? You know, the, uh, the preeminent nickname in a lot of places is uh, Red Velvet. You see that on a lot of the broadcasts. Red but Velvet. in the locker room, he's Kayvon. Kayvon, and that's what he prefers? I think so. <laughs> I think it's a little easier to go with. Yeah, I think, you know, he, he wants a tough nickname, and maybe that's tougher. I don't know. Yeah, Red Velvet. He, he said Velvet. Too much like... Red Velvet's just a cake, and I guess cakes yeah, it's aren't a cupcake. tough. Yeah, cakes aren't, yeah, it's a cupcake. You, worse than a cake, it's a cupcake. So, yeah. <laughs> K, Kayvon is tougher. Well, definitely, let's give him Kayvon tonight because he, uh, he, he balled out. Yeah, it was it was uh and and we'll get to yeah, we're saving our number one star. Don't don't shoot it out before we get oh, there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anything else you want to add about Collins? I would say uh before we exit here that you know, one of the things that the Hawks do a lot is they use they use John Collins as an inbound passer. Uh-huh. And you know, a lot of times in recent weeks and you even see him practicing it. Um they just He'll just throw the easiest pass that he can throw as an inbounds pass and then just take it right back, take one step inbounds, and he's shooting a three. Mm. Uh, he made one well, of those tonight, and they, they do that a lot. I, that, I, I think that's awesome that they're working out different different strategies. I, I mean, I was just really impressed with his blocks and his you know active hands on defense. I mean, he's just he's, – he's really a force to be reckoned with down there because there's, no, there's no easy baskets on this guy. Well, and then that's kind of a change from what's happened in recent, uh, really the whole season, I should say, I mean, not even more than recent weeks or anything like that. It's really been the whole season long. I mean, if you look up what his numbers for the season were coming into tonight, mm-hmm. he had for the entire season, I want to say it was 19 blocks. Let me see if I get it right here. Yeah, 19 blocks in, in 
48 games coming into tonight, and then he had four tonight, and a lot of them, maybe three or four of them, came right at the end when uh, it was crunch time. Yeah. Yeah, some of the multiple blocks uh, on the same dude, on the same play. Uh, I don't know, you know, if it's an effort to stay out of foul trouble or, if, you know, because I think that was something that he experienced in college when he was asked about, it, you know, his defense in college. He said, you know, my role was basically to stay out of foul trouble because I had to carry the offense. Mm. Um, and so, you know, he's late in his second season now. And, you know, maybe foul trouble is still a little bit of a concern, but I'm sure the Hawks would love to see a lot more nights like this one where he's being aggressive, getting up, trying to contest shots. And it was something that Lloyd Pierce, you know, brought up after the game. You know, he's like obviously very appreciative that he was kind of a a shot swatter there going to the finish line. Oh, yeah, because when the Pelicans are making a push towards the top of the fourth quarter, I mean, it, it just made a big difference. All right, number one star. This is pretty easy, right? Uh, let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hands down unanimous, right? It should be. Yeah, Kevin Herter. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, I've been saving up my uh, my thirty hurting nickname for when he finally scores thirty points. His career <laughs> high is twenty nine. Uh, tonight he got to twenty seven, and I, you know I had it had it in my Twitter queue ready to go and he didn't get it. You know, I was waiting for that three pointer in the last couple of minutes. And at some point the lead got too large for him to even shoot a three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were, they look, I mean, he, I was, I was really impressed. I'm very, very happy for him. I mean, in terms of what he did there, you know, what, what do you think in terms of style of play? You know, what is he playing to in terms of his strengths? That's a good question. I mean, obviously he's a shooter, but right. he's got so much to his game now. I mean, he's not afraid to take it inside. He's not, you know, I think that's what I was impressed with. I mean, what was it in the... It was like in the second... He had 17 points in the second quarter. So that yeah. was obviously when he really had it going. Yeah, at one point he, uh, he had a pump fake. Uh-huh. And then... I think he started driving, and Anthony Davis was there about midway towards the rim, and he kind of jabbed one way, and then immediately yeah. reversed course, got into the basket, and flipped up a reverse layup, which, you know, when you're doing that to Anthony Davis and getting him going the wrong way, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Lloyd Pierce, after the game, pointed out that for Herder, you know, one of the things that gets him going or at least as a sign of when he has things going well, is that he has his dribble drive game going. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so let, let's hear from Coach Pierce. Yeah, we've seen it. You know, when, he, when he's herky-jerky with the basketball, he's got a little flotsam. And obviously him making his first shot gets him going. And you, you see him string two shots together, and so it's keep running the plate and until they stop it. And the, the other good thing about Kevin is he's a willing passer. So that, you know, him putting him in pick and rolls where he can attack is a great thing. But we also understand he's going to make the right decision. He made a nice throwback to Torian, and Torian throws it into Dwayne. Um, and this is in that stretch where Kevin was scoring. So he's a willing passer. He's a great facilitator. He's able to create his own shot. He makes a tough shot over AD. Um, and you see that type of balance and pop when he's on the court. You know, you want to try and – I want to try and run some offense through him, and he did a good job tonight. 
you know, I think one of the reasons that that's an interesting quote from Coach Pierce is that, you know, from draft night, we've heard the, the Trey Young, Steph Curry, Kevin Herter, Clay Thompson comparisons. And, you know, Herter's a good three-point shooter, but it's very different. I'm, I think a lot more of the strength of his game is when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Clay, where it's pretty clear that what he does best is just work away from the ball, or at least in terms of what Golden State needs from him, he's best when he's working away from the ball. Right, you, right. You hear Pierce in that clip, and it's it's clear that there are going to be nights where they want the ball in Herder's hands. Well, he's a good distributor, too. I think, what was it, two or three games ago, he was bringing the ball down? Yeah, and he was doing that some tonight, too. Uh, not necessarily mm, yeah, bringing yeah. it down, but they were definitely running pick-and-roll plays for him. Yeah. Uh, there was one play that, you know, when they, they came out uh, to start the fourth quarter, I think the Pelicans had the ball first, but you could tell that, you know, in that break between the third quarter and fourth quarter, that the Hawks designed a set play for their first possession of the fourth quarter. And the one that they did was they, they ran a back screen for Herter so he could go up for a lob. It would have been a dunk. I think the pass was just too high. Yeah, that's right. And he just he just overshot the the hoop, but he was up there. Yeah, and it would have been a nice gimme because he had his yeah nobody in front of him. Yeah, it, it it's funny to say this. Uh, it, actually, I'm getting ready to shift from from Kevin Herter to everything else that I noticed in this game. Is there anything else you want to say about Kevin Herter before we move on? Nah, it was just great to see him play like that. It was awesome. What he had a 17 point quarter, and like you said, he making AD just dizzy. It's awesome. Uh, it's weird to say this on a night where where Kevin Herter was playing as well as he was playing and was making a lot of plays with the ball in his hands Mm -hmm. and on a night when Jalen Adams I think had one of his better games as the backup point guard but you know taking the weekend as a whole I think the Hawks get a lot of good offense when Trey Young is sitting, or some, in cases like tonight where Trey Young didn't necessarily have his best game, uh, the Hawks get a lot of offense when they run it through Torian Prince. And, you know, there are things about Torian Prince's game that aren't great, but I think, you know, one of the things that he does well is make passes when he has the ball in his hand. When he's the primary ball handler and it's his turn to make passes, he's a pretty good passer. He doesn't miss the target a lot, he gets it right in players' shooting pockets. He does a good mm. job making the decision between whether or not to shoot or pass. I think for him, you know, sometimes the struggle is making passes when he's working off the ball. Like, you know, mm. he's working off the ball, the ball comes to him, it's time to make another pass. I think that's a bigger challenge for him than when he's making passes with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm, that's what you're saying. And, uh, you know, Jalen Adams, you know, he had a really nice game tonight. Uh, he's a very good shooter when he gets two feet set. Uh, I thought Jalen Adams may have had his best game as a defender tonight. Uh huh. But, uh, you know, I still don't get the feel that he's a natural playmaker the way, obviously, that Trey Young is. I mean, and it would be unreasonable to expect him to be as, as good as Trey Young as a playmaker. But, you know, we whether it was Torian Prince tonight, it's been DeAndre Bembry in the past, uh, sometimes it might be Kevin Herter. You know, when, when the Hawks need somebody to make a play and it's not Trey Young, I think. I think Torian Prince is a good option, especially, uh, you know, with some of those bench lineups. I, I think he could be productive. Yeah, I like Prince a lot. I think his game fits, uh, you know, it really works for 
for this young team. It brings a lot of stability, especially given given you know a lot of the injuries and transitions lately. Right. One of the the things that surprised me a little bit about this game is that you know in his post game press conference, uh, Lloyd Pierce said, you know, a lot of things that I was expecting. You know, talking about Kevin Herter, talking about you know Deadman bringing a boost to the team energy wise. Uh, but one of the things that surprised me is that when he was talking about Trey Young, he said he thought Trey Young did a good job staying in front of Frank Jackson. Mm. Uh, I, th- yeah. I thought Jackson kind of got to where he wanted, especially in the first half. Maybe that changed a little bit in the second half. Uh, but especially in the first half, I, I thought Jackson was getting wherever he wanted to go when Trey Young was guarding him. Yeah, I just – I mean, I, I didn't even know who Jackson was, honestly, and all of a sudden he's killing us. So clearly he was getting his tonight. Um, but I, I feel like Trey Young's gotten better about staying in front of people in general. Uh, but definitely Jackson played really well tonight. Yeah. You know, going back to Summer League, I, I had high expectations for, for Trey as a defender. I thought those first couple of games in Summer League, you know, even – it was kind of predictable a little bit, you know, some of those summer league performances. Like if you watch Trey Young warm up before the game and back in July versus mm-hmm. Trey Young warming up for the game now, I mean, you'd expect him to struggle with his shot then. You'd expect him to be great now just based on the warm-ups because mm-hmm. he, even in warm-ups, he was having a hard time making any kind of shot. And now he just, you know, shoots everywhere, 25 feet, 30 feet, all over the place in his warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those first couple of summer league games, I – thought he moved his feet really really well and there have been times uh times where he hasn't and times where he has during the regular season Hmm. do you think it's just a a matter of sort of uh trying to conserve his energy or yeah i mean i i would i would imagine that that's a big part of it um you know those summer league games aren't as physical and uh They're not as physical. They're shorter, I think. I think they're like forty-minute games. Uh, so, and you're not you're not guarding Russell Westbrook and. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. The 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 NBA brings it on a daily uh, in terms of compared yeah. to summer league it's intensity. A little, it's a little easier when you know you have uh, rookie undrafted point guards versus whether or not you're you're trying to guard Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul and uh, you know the the assorted point guards all over the league. Who could take a pick and and make hay out of it? Right. Don't you think that um, they they probably designed it so Trey is supposed to like push push the point guards a certain direction for to the help defense? So maybe I mean as long as he just stays in front or directs the the offensive player. I I mean I'm sure there are, there are directions that they want to have him go, but at the same time, you know, there have been <laughs> nights where you know we come in to talk to Coach Pierce after the game and. You know, one of the things that he said is, you know, he wants the defenders to be more physical at, at the point of the screen. Yeah. I okay. think is his cue of saying that he, you know, he wants them to fight over better. Right. I'm sure there are, you know, the, the, the direction thing is sort of the fallback option number two, but I'm sure, sure his dream scenario is to, to have, to have Trey as well as every other defender, you know, fight over the screens if they can. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really have too many other thoughts here. Uh, the sixth man, 
uh, once the win was the sixth man cheering section, once the win was safely in hand, they, they went with the Drew Brees sucks chant. <laughs> still sour. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. It's still sour. Yeah. That's okay, though. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a long lasting sour. Yeah, it is. It's good salt. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I'm still torn about whether or not I, I think they could have should have beat the Patriots going to the Super Bowl if they had gotten there. But, uh, oh, well, more Tom Brady, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the whole Anthony Davis thing is just so bizarre. Like, Yeah, he only played 21 minutes tonight. Only, and that's kind of typical, but, like, whether or not he was going to play was so far in doubt. Uh, I, I can't say that I remember too many times where, you know, we've, prowled around the arena before the game and okay he's listed as questionable and then you go to hear the coach talk before the game is he going to play well it's going to be a practice decision and then or i'm sorry uh what do you call it? a pre-game a decision game, that they would make during, yeah pre-game warm-ups they would make the decision and so so are, are they going to address this in the the next collective bargaining agreement i mean like it seems like this this is a pretty it's a lose-lose situation for the fans and for the player <sighs> i mean I don't know how you can. I mean, you can't force the team's hand to trade them when they, there's not enough. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you could really do is you could allow longer contracts, and then the teams maybe have a little bit more leverage. But then, I mean, yeah. the players are still going to have a lot of power, and as we, you know, as we saw twenty, twenty-five years ago, when you allow the longer contracts, those pose problems too. You have owners that you know, make ridiculous contract to players and they get so far buried under a bad contract that they can never get out of it until the next yeah. decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's I, just unfortunate because if he had stayed in the game or if they, you know, if they were playing like they had something to play for, I think, uh, yeah, maybe it would have been a lot harder for the Hawks to win tonight because when he's on the court, he's he's I mean, definitely a game changer. Yeah, he had a bunch of nice threes. I mean, he... They, he the Hawks had like a 12-0 run, and it was like, okay, wait, the Hawks are going to take this game over, and then he hit back-to-back threes, and that was that, and all of a sudden the Pelicans had a lead again. Yeah, he yeah had that's a, right. a block. He just buried somebody's ball. I, I, I think it was Bazemore maybe. Uh, yeah, just yeah. took that shot and absolutely you know, redirected it, and then eight seconds later he had a putback that not you know maybe maybe 10 players in the league make. I, I don't know. It was, he was way up there. Yeah, just how many shots he affects, how much room he gives to, to other defenders. I mean, I mean he's beast. Yep. You know, it'd be really scary. To, I mean, if he was at full force, it'd be pretty scary to watch. But Absolutely. it's a shame because I mean, he's he doesn't want to be there, and they're trying not to get him injured. So it's kind of like, well, it feels like an exhibition game, right? For and, him. And we mentioned the sixth man cheering section. Uh-huh. Uh, when one of the other Pelicans was at the line, the sixth man cheering section was like, you know, AD's leaving, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Which, you know, I think they were trying to get into the... His head? Yeah, they are trying to get into his head a little bit. Um, and, I, you know, where I'm sitting, I was sitting in media row next to some of the New Orleans Pelicans media. And uh-huh. the person from New Orleans sitting next to me is like, they're not going to get in the shooter's head saying AD's leaving. They want him to leave. It's like, you know, the, huh. the relationship, I guess, is fractured enough that, you know, 
they feel more comfortable playing without him at this point because it's it's that awkward. Really? Yeah. Do you feel like it affected the the play? Like, like. I don't think so, but like there, you know, there was that stretch a few weeks ago where AD was just not playing at all, and yeah, you know, yeah, they they had some nice wins without him. They they got to a pretty consistent stretch, so it's certainly weird. It's very weird. I, I can't wait for it to end. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I, you know, I I wonder where he's going to end up, but I mean, yeah, it'll probably happen this summer though. Uh, any other thoughts before we close this one out? Nah, I'm just glad we got the got the W. You know, after three close close calls or close games, right? And like you said, it's good to have the young young guys come through and see that core develop. So, yeah, I'm just happy we got the win. Going to sleep with a smile on my face tonight. <laughs> uh, before I close, I think I said something last time. I must have been uh, using my database wrong there, but. Uh, something about the Nets in last night's game, uh, setting a franchise record for opponent free throws, and it wasn't a record. Uh, the Hawks once gave up 61 free throws to the Nuggets back in 1981, so uh, it <laughs> w- wasn't a record last night. Uh, so make amends here and, and correct my statistical fallacy. And uh, as always, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Uh, if you give us a, a review, you know, 13 stars would be appreciated, but 14 stars is even better. Uh, and uh, right. we hope to have you back sometime soon. Uh, David, Thanks. thank you. Thanks, Kevin. All right, I'll have Thanks. to do this again sometime soon. Have a good night, sir. You too.